welcome to Pro Stock, the podcast. This is your host, Dani Coronel, and in today's episode about the beauties of writing, we have Maddie Jensen. <laughs> uh, Maddie, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Maddie. Um, I'm a fantasy and science fiction writer. Um, a lot of you probably know me from my pink hair and my pastel aesthetic posts on Instagram. Um, my debut novel, Blood of Queens, is coming out July this year. I'm Australian and I have two little bunnies called Kenobi and Kylo. So I met, well, yeah, I think I interacted a bit in that live stream. It was a live stream, an Instagram live stream where you went off. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> you went off on this, um, it was like toxic romance, like low-key, high-key abusive romances that are being not to be repetitive, but romanticizing um, these patterns that are not meant to be romanticized. So yeah. I thought that was a really interesting and you vocalized it perfectly. So I just slid into the <laughs> DM. So I was like, hey, <laughs> do you want to be a guest? So let's start this conversation. Okay. Uh, what do you think, in your opinion, is the most toxic, we're gonna go all in, the most toxic romance trope? Um, that's definitely got to be validating abuse because you read so many stories. Okay, Sarah J. Mass. No, no shame if you like her, but um, there's a lot of shows, there's a lot of books that where the male interest will be like pushing a female character around, or he's like possessive of her, domineering of her. Um, and I think that it comes from this idea that women have to like either physically show they're dominant or they have to be dominated. And there's this view in society that women are only strong female characters by like patriarchal views. Like if they swing a sword, if they act in like traditionally masculine ways, a lot of the time that's how women are seen as strong. Um, only if they can like physically outmatch their enemies. Um, so they can be better than men by beating them at their own game. And then you've got this trope where men and women are often in very like physically charged relationships and it just gets to a stage where it's too much because men are like pushing women around and you're like okay now we've reached the stage where it's like it's actually abusive so yeah yeah hundred yeah, percent and we've all seen it um i wanted to ask you why do you think this trope is as popular as it is um, I definitely think it's become a big thing since Fifty Shades of Grey came out because it opened the door for a lot of problematic relationships in fiction, especially because the series became so mainstream that everyone was sort of like, oh, this is like, this is normalizing it. Um, and that book's a big problem to me because, yeah, it portrays a really toxic relationship. The female protagonist is like always dominant dominated by the male love interest and it's portrayed as like really sexy like ooh, of course women love being submissive for their love interest yeah. um and then otherwise strong female character shown has been softer and backing down for like men they care about yeah i also think it i mean i it's always been there like that that was the romance um gosh the blueprint the the, the romantic blueprint for any relationship in the past like western history yeah um i saw this really interesting i'm, I'm gonna go a bit like off script i saw this really okay. interesting video uh, it was a critique of the the police character in the second in the second and third season of stranger things the the police guy 
um, and it says that nostalgia. I think it was by the the pop culture detective. I think that's his name. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it in the description. But they basically go on that sometimes people try to bring back like from for, for the nostalgia like all these characters that were like beloved at the time for their masculinity uh, but if you bring them into today's standards and how far we've gotten especially in women's rights it comes off really toxic really abusive and highly misogynistic I think yeah. that's really interesting. Do you think it's a writer's responsibility? Because this is a writing podcast. Uh, do you think it's a writer a writer's responsibility to write a healthy romance? Definitely. Like I think as a writer, you've often got like readers, especially like um, I mean, my book's like an adult fantasy, but sometimes you get like younger readers who are reading these books. Um, and I feel like it's my responsibility to portray problematic relationships as problematic and then healthy relationships as healthy because you see a lot of young girls consuming this media and then they think because it's so mainstream and everyone's so accepting of it and not really judging it, then that's okay when they experience that behaviour from guys because they've seen or read about it and it's been romanticised. And like all these things like cheating, abuse, um, they're not part of a healthy relationship and I don't think they should be portrayed as such so um, I think okay this is an example for like Latin American and uh, Spanish speaking culture there was this movie in like 2012 called Tres Metros Sobre el Cielo I'm gonna translate it directly three meters above heaven <laughs> and it was basically an after like before after so it's really it's it's a bad romantic like bad guy a uh, sweet girl and he does some terrible stuff he can't kidnap the dog like <laughs> it's so weird it's it's a really weird movie but i i saw this commentary video where the 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 girl asked um, for her female, female, for her, yeah, fellow, like, like her viewers, who are girls, um, and grew up during this era where, where this movie, like, it was huge. You see, it was there. One of the big things that was that he vandalized like a bridge for her and wrote like three meters, whatever. And it became like a graffiti you would see everywhere. It was a huge thing. There were so many testimonies of girls coming like out and saying that movie like led me to one of the worst relationships I've ever had. Uh, the guy I was dating, he wanted so bad to be like this main character. And I think you can't avoid responsibility. Like you have to be careful with what you portray because your stories. Uh, I don't want to be pretentious, but stories do shape the world, and we have to be careful. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to ask you, what are some romance tropes you actually do like, and you think we should see a bit more of? Um, I definitely, I really like friends to lovers. Um, I think it's really fascinating to explore 
um, because you've got the dynamic between two people shifting from friendship to something romantic. Um, I think some people can kind of see that as like boring, like it doesn't have the same like passion or fire as like enemies to lovers. But like, I think it's really nice since it often creeps up on the characters. Um, and if it's really well written, it can be like just as interesting as enemies to lovers. Um, I also enjoy Soft Boy and Broken Girl, which I've done in like my writing, as opposed to like the opposite, because often you get the guy who's like a bit brooding, a bit dark, you know, um, tragic past sort of thing. And then the girl's like the soft one. Um, and I sort of really wanted to like flip that on its head in my book. Um, so yeah, I thought it'd be fun to like write the reverse, like a boy who's like in cinnamon roll and he's like really led by his heart and like a girl who's a bit more jaded and reluctant to open up. And I think like any, any trope to have like a little bit of tension, but also have the chance to, for the characters to like build an actual healthy relationship. I. Like I do enjoy enemies to lovers, but I think for me it has to be well written. Like I've gotten turned off in the past where it's, as we discussed, it's like abusive, it's toxic. I think there's a difference between like enemies to lovers and you're just romanticizing someone who's like abused this woman. So yeah. And it happens, oh my God, that happens a lot with uh, queer representation in media you see a lot of um, queer stories being about like the bully turning no but he's actually yeah. in love with the boy that he's been harassing for the last five years that is not the same as enemies to lovers that is abuser and victim to lovers and it's weird and we should retire that i hate that trope I do not yeah. like it at all, and and you do see it a lot in, um, especially MLM. MLM, yeah, like men love men, yeah. <laughs> men who love men, yeah. Um, stories where the bully, no, but he's actually he's only a bull, he's only homophobic because he's gay. That is such a toxic trope. I hate it. Those are all the questions that I wanted to ask you about the book you're publishing in July. Tell me about it. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, Blood of Queens is like an adult fantasy. Um, so the main characters are Carissa Darnell and Jason Morrow. Um, Jason's father is basically like a conquering warlord who conquers Carissa's family's kingdom. Um, and almost all of her family are killed and she has to marry Jason to basically make his dad's rule legitimate. Um, but she also has some dark magic and so she's struggling to sort of hide that from her new husband's family because she knows if they figure out what she can do, they will sort of see her as a weapon or as a threat or something like that. Um, so, and I think that it's, it's a bit enemy enemies to lovers and like arranged marriage sort of tropes I played around with that a bit um but yeah I think that's pretty much like the main storyline I'm so bad at describing my own book but <laughs> that's that's pretty no, much I it I think that sounds really cool I wanted to ask you uh, are you self-publishing yeah yeah I am yeah <gasps> that's so cool congratulations thank you um how's that process been um, so that's, it's been really interesting. I've been learning a lot from like 
other writers who've done it before. Like there are a couple of writers who I messaged and like, hey, what did you do about this? Like, do you need that? Like, it's been a really interesting learning curve because there's been things that I haven't like thought of that I've been seeing from other people. I'm like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even really think about that self-publishing. Um, but everyone, the community is like really like willing to help, open with information. Um, so I think that definitely really helps when everyone's like happy to like share knowledge about how the process goes. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I love this community. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What are some of the, of, the, of the bumps in the road with self-publishing? Do you have any, any wisdom to share? Um, ooh, well, so far, I definitely think my, my thing has been know what sort of editor you need because my thing was I thought it needed a proofread and it didn't it needed like um i think it was a line edit um and i was sort of like oh okay so i think definitely try and figure out where your book is in terms of what editor you need is a good idea i think it's it's good to sort of set yourself a timeline of when you want to do stuff because obviously there's an order in which things need to happen so setting yourself a timeline where you can go through okay i need to do this step then you do this step and having it like there visually has been really helpful for me because i can just check it and i'm sort of like okay i'm up to this this is what i need to do next so can you oh can you do you know how like can you like summarize a bit what a copy editor and what a line editor is do you know yeah so basically okay. um line editing is sort of There's, first of all, there's like developmental edit. That's the first one. So developmental editing is like, basically they're focusing on like the big picture. Does everything make sense? Do the, do the characters make sense? Does the world make sense? Is everything consistent? Then you've got a line editor or copy editor, which is basically double checking that everything in there is like making sense on like a sort of more sentence by sentence level. Um, and then a proofread is basically the final spelling, grammar, like the final polish. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, what else can I ask you? What what other topics are you like really passionate about? Just trying to think. Obviously, like yeah, how how women are portrayed in fiction in general as well as like okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, like I think um, and Cass Marin on Instagram also had like a lot to say about this topic as well and she praised it very well um, but definitely I think women in fiction a bit like how I was saying even with the romanticizing abuse like there's a lot of like double standards where it's like men will do something like you've got a male character that will like sleep around he's cool like he's a stud but if a woman does it it's like oh my god like what a slut um, there's this one show that I watch it's finished now um, called Vikings and yes, I'm I, not gonna... I have watched it too. yeah um so it's not like really a spoiler but like the main character he has his first wife and then he gets with this um second woman and the first wife is like this like this she'll maiden and the second one's like a bit more like she's a bit more traditionally feminine yeah and some of the comments like about this woman like she's a homewrecker she should die and i'm just sort of like who's the one who cheated on his wife um I don't know why we're sort of blaming the woman like which and I really hate that something that media does a lot which is pitting women against each other and I'm just like can we not have women working together I'm sick of seeing women fight over men like it's it's so infuriating 
Oh my gosh, you're so right. I think the same. I have not watched Game of Thrones, but I have experience being in the outside watching people <laughs> um, hate on Sansa for being like yeah. a teenager, and then yeah. being like, "Oh my god, Arya is so cool!" Like, like die Sansa, but like Arya is such a badass. Um, they have different personalities. Yeah. And they're both kids. Stop it, you monsters. Yeah, it's, it's like you can have two different women with really different like personalities and skill sets and talents without like they don't have to it doesn't have to you don't have to compare them. You can like different sorts of women. Like women can be like multifaceted. You don't have to have a woman who just does the one thing. Like I think that's something I talked about in my story the other day. And that is that I think sometimes <laughs> that finding out that the, the general public finding out what a Mary Sue was completely ruined everything <laughs> because they just see a woman who is powerful and is like good at doing her stuff and they're like, oh my god, she's such a Mary Sue. There's that guy doing the exact same thing. And are you calling him a Gary Sue? No, you're not. Think yeah, I definitely think men get away with a lot more of this sort of stuff than women do because I think like men can just go out and do like whatever they want but for some reason when it's a woman we're questioning that and I'm like but like no like women can do the same things as men like it's okay we don't have to judge them and criticize them for it. I just saw a post about it. I haven't opened my story right now, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a shout out. They posted this wonderful. We talked about a little bit about like strong female characters. I think another thing that happened. Oh gosh, I just kept it. Here it is. It's by Max Lannis on Instagram. It says why masculine female heroes matter too. I think that's an important thing to to talk about because I feel like people. Uh, whenever they see that there is this new masculine female character they're like oh my god she's such a strong female character no personality no nothing they don't give her a chance to just exist yeah that's it that's it. any thoughts <laughs> I think it's the same like you were saying with like men who are like a bit more soft or a bit more feminine like I think we're like very critical of like men who are like like a man will do something like you know be upset or cry or something like that and people are like oh why is he doing that I'm like, men men have emotions too i that's again that's something i really wanted to push to have men express themselves emotionally it's so frustrating i don't get it and they and, and and there's people who treat this as oh my god the feminists are taking over <laughs> you know you yeah. know those people yeah have you got, have you gone through this Reddit <laughs> this, this Reddit thread that is uh, men writing female characters like male authors? I think I've seen some of the posts and just some of the things the men just write about like I don't know how they think women are. Like, do you know a woman? Like, do you know any women? Like, um, what do you want to see more of? Like, female. Or male characters too, or non-binary, <laughs> just characters in general. What do you think is a good representation? I think this topic. Ooh, um, I think in terms of female characters, I think 
And this is something that relates to me personally. Like as like a bisexual woman, I think a lot of bisexual women in the media are portrayed really negatively. Um, there seems to be this like, I don't know, there's a lot of like different standards as in like, you know, oh, if she hasn't been with a woman, then she's not bi. If she hasn't been with a man, then she's like a lesbian. Um, also, if she's with like a man and then like a woman or something, she's like a slut. So I'm sort of like, I feel like there's a lot of negativity thrown at like bisexual men as well, like definitely men as well. Um, and I, I would actually like to see more bisexual men because I feel like there are quite a few bisexual female characters, um, but I don't see as, I haven't seen as many bisexual male characters. So I definitely think that's something that I would like to see more of. I also want to see more friendships between, um, no, of course I want to see more queer people, um, but I, I'd love to see like, like, like I want to see more friendships, more friendship dynamics, women being friends with women, Definitely. queer women having their straight besties, and not the other way around. <laughs> Yeah, uh, because we have enough of that. <laughs> uh, I don't know, straight men being friends with lesbians. Lesbians yeah. being friends with other lesbians. We know other lesbians. We know yeah. them. Queer and people I, hang around with other queer people. Exactly. I think that's... I definitely think that a lot of media sort of doesn't portray friendships as like strong as romantic relationships, I think that's like really untrue because like a lot of friendships, like for me personally at least, like a lot of friendships are like just as strong as like any romantic relationship for me. And I definitely think there needs to be more emphasis on that because a lot of people seem to think in TV shows and in books like, oh, once they found a love interest, like that's it, like cool. They don't really hang out with their friends anymore. Like, but that, like, no, that's not how that works. Like, we should, we should still be focusing on those friendships. It's not just like once they found a romantic relationship, they don't need friends anymore. So, I mean, this is more of me personally, but I, I don't necessarily enjoy the thing that we were more than friends. Like, there's like a, like it's a step higher. Yeah. Then you, you're friends, and then you're something better. I think it's pretty much equal in different in different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. Friendships can be intense. Friendships can be like a hundred percent platonic and be intense. Yeah. Um, Friendship heartbreak, if that sort of makes sense, is also something like you see so many times like romantic relationships, like how heartbroken they are if something happens for their significant other I'm like but if you've been friends with someone like you're really good friends with them and something happens in that friendship and that friendship crumbles that can be just as heartbreaking and I really would like to see more of that in the media of just you know how hard it can hit when you know a friendship breaks up because it, it can be just as painful as when a relationship breaks up so and you have it, it's a loss nonetheless yeah and it's really and I feel that many especially you know uh these like teenage coming of age uh films when they get a love interest and then they they ditch the, the best friend or they have a fight which is yeah. also why do 
women in all these films hate each other at one point of the movie. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, I know you need conflict, but it's a bit tired. Yeah, um, definitely. And, and it's always like, oh, my friend isn't talking to me anymore. Oh, well. Off to, I don't know, just awkward glances. Like, no, you'd be heartbroken. Like, you'd yeah. cry over it. Definitely. Oh, I mean, I would. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely agree. Also, oh, this is one my friend said that, that he wanted to see a bit more of. That is gay men and straight men being friends. Feel like we need more. Yes. Yes, yes. Definitely. Just that. And and I haven't mentioned non-binary people, but I, I want non-binary people in the yeah in the mix. We yeah. need more representation and trans representation too. Yeah. I think villains is probably another one for me. Like just like <laughs> writing the villains, and there are a lot of good villains out there, but I feel like. In some like shows I watch and like books I read, it's like they're evil, and it's like, but why? It's like they're evil. I'm like, but how did they get to that stage? Like, I feel like there's a lot of villains that I find I can't connect with because I'm like, but I I don't know their history. I don't know how they got to this stage, and that's something that I'm really wanting to sort of make sure I have in my own life is that you can see a bit of why the villain is the villain like it it makes sense it's not just they sort of woke up one day and wanted to be evil like yes and also having an explanation to why someone does something it's not really an excuse and it's no. not really the space for a re- redemption arc like they can just be a dick and i think we can know why and it doesn't mean anything else is gonna happen like just it adds depth i feel like that's a big thing these days like giving the villain a redemption arc but yeah i just i definitely think that we need to be okay with having a villain as a villain like not every villain needs a redemption arc okay so what have we learned today oh well we've learned a lot about um toxic masculinity romanticizing abuse um, portrayal of women and men in fiction and their stereotypes so Maddie where can the listener find you uh, so I'm on Instagram as Maddie Jensen writer um, that's pretty much my main platform I do have TikTok now um, I've got a link to that in my Instagram and that's basically me just like posting about my writing so that's also where you can find me do you have any final message my message would probably be write for yourself first because there's always going to be people who like your book who don't like your book who agree with the themes and the characters and who don't agree but if you're writing and you're true to yourself and what you want to put out in the world that's the main thing (laughs) yes wonderful so this is the end of the episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for, for coming on here. It was such an honor. So exciting. I had so much fun. So did I. Oh. <laughs> Bye. Okay. I think we did it. <laughs>